I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is Shannon Woodlow, a 2019 Emerging Artist in Visual Arts Photography for the Division of the Arts. And joining by phone is Shayla Sabri, a 2019 Established Artist in Literature and Poetry. Welcome, both of you. Uh, I, what I'd like to do today, it's its going to be a little bit of a challenge because I can see Shannon, I can't see Shayla. So I'll, I'll try to remember to call out a name when I have a question. Uh, but let's start with uh, Shannon, uh, since I can see you. Uh, give us a little bit of background. I mentioned you're, you received an uh, emerging fellowship uh, in visual arts photography. Talk a little bit about your background as a visual artist. Okay. Um, so my background is is really steeped in who I am. Um, my interest in photography came from growing up with my mom always having a camera around the house. There wasn't one event activity that there weren't pictures taken of or a non-event or activity, me sitting on the toilet in the bathroom. just And she wasn't a photographer. <laughs> it was just her thing. She always had cameras around. Um, and so um, my interest in that and looking back at those pictures and then even um, some picture archives that I found of my grandfather um, when he was about six or seven years old and then his parents and just um, seeing those things and, and recognizing that um, as um, black people, people of color, that isn't something that's typical. Talking to my other friends, noticing that they don't have pictures f- from growing up or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that is one um, one thing that led me to um, wanting to photograph. And then the other thing is just I've always I just see things. I see beauty in everything, and I just like I've always wanted to capture that. So I was working a job doing admin admin stuff, data entry. Um, absolutely completely away from the arts and one day I just was like I'm gonna buy a camera and I did and I'm fully self-taught I um, took a couple classes at um, Wilmington University but I ended up um, learning a lot from YouTube because I just the pace wasn't fast enough for me I wanted to know more and learn more Um, and so that's pretty much my background um, where I came from so is your uh, experience as a photographer, has it always been in the digital realm? It has been in the digital realm. Um, a goal of mine when my life slows down a little bit and I don't have a little one at home is to delve into um, film photography. Um, that process, like uh, photography in general is a process for me. I, I do my own framing. I edit my images. Like it's all a part of the process. So for me, doing did to do um, film photography and editing and things like that would absolutely be um, another process that I want to explore at some point. Now, with your photography, because it's digital, do you do any work with, uh, uh, I don't know the technical terms, (laughs) morphing or, you know, you know what I mean? Altering altering, or treating or whatever? Yeah, I, um, again, it's um, self-taught. So I kind of, once I have an idea of, I'll take an image um, of it. It could be anything. And once I look at it, it'll speak to me, if that makes sense. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of decide what I want to do with it from there. And then that's what will challenge me. All right, how do I learn how to do this on Photoshop or do this in Lightroom or, or whatever, whatever. Um, I do, depending on the subject matter or what it is, I try not to do too much editing. I try mm-hmm. to keep it as much um, in the raw form, mm-hmm. raw state that it is in um 
without doing too much editing, but I do, I do. I can do all of that, lots of manipulation, and I've um, created flyers and portfolios for other artists and things like that. So, yeah, I'm able to do it all. Do you have any kind of web presence that our listeners could go, go to? <laughs> I do, um, and I don't. I have a website. Um, it's at sawphotog.com. Um, my initials are saw, S-A-W. My mom told me that she wanted my initials to spell something because she hmm. heard it was good luck. And so hopefully the saw will mean my photography will make, you know, make mm -hmm. have good luck for my photography. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually just I kind of took the website down because it was kind of geared towards more like commercial photography, mm -hmm. which isn't really what my passion is or what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm also a, a full time uh, digital storyteller at the museum. So I kind of mm -hmm. get that commercial photography in. Um, so I really wanted to focus on uh, more fine art. So the website is there. You'll see there right now just um, promotion for the 401 exhibition, um, more of a description and links to both mine and Shayla's uh, DDOA page. Um, okay. But And I also, uh, and a link to my blog, which kind of speaks to a little bit more um, what I like to do. Okay. And with that, let's segue over to Shayla. Shayla Sabri, uh, a, a 2019 established artist in literature poetry. Uh, Shayla, talk a little bit about your background as a writer and particularly poet. Um, so I have a journal from second grade that says I love to write. Um and I, I always kind of, when people ask, you know, when did you become a writer? I say, I don't know, because in second grade, I'd already declared that it was a passion of mine. So <laughs> maybe since I could actually hold a pencil. Um, so loving to write has always been a huge part of who I am. I've um, journaled, written short stories, written uh, little essays. And I just remember writing being such a big part of who I was growing up. Um, you know, I had a the first that second grade notebook is a red spiral brown notebook, but I can remember my first diary that had Aladdin on the front. It had a little key, and um, and you know, but throughout the years, I just have kept journals, and you know, I think I wrote my first short story collection while I was in high school, and it was about for other women of color in high school and what it meant for them to experience different things um, in predominantly white spaces. And so um, it's always been something that's such a big part of who I am. Um, it wasn't until I, I studied creative writing in undergrad at the University of Richmond as a minor, and I just knew I was going to be the next F. Scott Fitzgerald, which really meant that I was going to be the next Zelda Fitzgerald and write my own Great Gatsby. And um, I just knew those things about myself. Um, and then it became slowly but surely clear um, after I applied to graduate school that I was a not-so-great fiction writer and perhaps a better poet, um, which I never would have thought I took um, a poetry class in, in, in undergrad with uh, the late Tomasz Solomon and it was so difficult, but I was so fascinated with the ability to grapple with language um, and what it was, what it meant to tell an elaborate story in such a compressed space. So, um, one of my fellow classmates wrote a poem about her uncle um, and his experiences in the Vietnam War and how close her uncle was with her father. And at the end of the poem, um, her uncle commits suicide, and 
it talks about, you know, how how shocked her father was. And it felt like in the course of the poem, you know, something that was less than two pages long, I got to know this man, but also felt a level of devastation, also felt blindsided at the end of the poem. And so I realized I wanted to be invested in a work that was capable of doing something like that in such a small space that was um, able to impact a person in that way. Um, And, you know, I I wasn't sure if I was uh, capable of doing it and felt a little timid about it, but it became clear that I was much better at, you know, these finite spaces because um, I was really interested in language and really interested in emotion and leaving someone in this powerful moment. But, you know, other things that fiction required, like character development and setting and plot, I actually wasn't that great at. <laughs> and so um, it was sort of a while until I discovered, I knew I loved to write, but it was a while before I discovered poetry and, you know, probably would still be fairly timid um, until just a couple of years ago about calling myself a poet. It felt like such an honor, and I didn't think I belonged to this cool kids club. But, like, now I think I have a foot in the door, so <laughs> I'm pretty pleased with that. <laughs> what, what would you consider some of the uh, considerations the poet has to have that the prose writer might not? And may, maybe that's a naive question. I mean, I'm thinking, if nothing else, economy of words. Absolutely. There's uh, this nature of being concise in poetry that's so important, um, and there's an economy of language, and so um, I think we're, you know, the the prose writers that I know might spend, you know, a whole day working on a chapter or a short story. I might spend a whole day on one line because something's not right about the line, something isn't right about the cadence or the rhythm or the word choice, and I'm just laboring over the diction and one word or one if I want it to be a semicolon or a period, like these things in such a small space in a poem, and I write particularly short poems, most of mine are under a page, and I also love a sonnet, which is a 14-line poem, so I'm usually working in a tight constraint, and it matters whether or not I want that person to read a semicolon or a period or an M-dash, and um, I think there is a, a focus on the each each word and diction is really, I think, important to all writers. But when you have such a confined space, I think, you know, we labor over the words so much in every single instance. Let, let me ask you this, uh, as as one who talks about laboring over the words, are, and I'm asking for my own curiosity's sake, mm-hmm. are there poems that are better heard than read and poems that are better read than heard? If you know what I mean, I do, and I think um, I think there are. I think some poems um, carry a different weight and energy when someone is reading them in front of you uh, and has a particular presence about them. Like I think about the difference between people who are known as spoken word poets and people who are known as page poets. And I'm known as someone, and those aren't necessarily the words that everyone uses, but right. I'm someone who occupies a lot of space on the page and not necessarily a lot of space in performance. And I think people who occupy space in performance, like there's such a craft in that that I recognize that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel capable of reading one of my poems aloud, but the performative quality that comes with spoken word poetry is something that's not in my wheelhouse. And I think those poems are written for the purpose of um, being spoken. Like, there's often a lot more 
rhyme and rhythm are really the focus of mm-hmm. those poems because you're trying to pull someone in with the cadence of your language and creating this sort of powerful um, funnel in which they can get caught up in. And I think things that exist on the page in a different they occupy a different space and it might not be that we're as focused on rhythm or rhyme or that particular cadence, but we want to make sure that we're writing something that I think in, in both both groups, we're hoping that there is something that we will create that stays with you when you leave. Um, so whether it's meant to be spoken or meant to be read, we're all sort of looking, even if it's just one line, that one line sort of haunts the person who hears or reads and, um, and so in that way, I think, regardless of whether the poem's written for the page or written to be spoken, um, there is, we're, we're after something similar. Like we want to leave you with something that's going to get kind of stuck in your teeth the way that popcorn kernels do, that mm-hmm. you, you feel it, that you notice that it's there and that it's, you, carry, you continue to carry with you. Hopefully not as painful as popcorn stuck in your teeth. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of you have just incredibly intriguing uh, and thoughtful backgrounds, which you are going to be bringing together uh, in a in a program. But let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is Shannon Woodlow, a 2019 Emerging Artist Fellow uh, in Visual Arts Photography. And joining us by phone is Shayla Sabri a 2019 established artist in literature poetry. Now, Shayla and Shannon, you are coming together for a collaborative exhibition uh, called 401. Um, Let's talk a little bit, and um, either one chime in. We might overlap a little bit (laughs) since we can't see each other. Uh, Chime in about how this, the idea for this collaborative exhibition uh, came to fruition, and um, how how you've the the planning that's gone into it, and when the program is, what it's going to look like. Okay. Um, Either one. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Do you want me to talk about the book first? Oh sure. Yeah, I, I was going to say to to speak kind of speaking to what shape what your question about right. reading and 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 um, reading it or he or hearing and hearing. Um, mm-hmm. That's something. So, yeah, I would like Shayla to talk about the book a little bit. Okay, (laughs) great. Go ahead, Shayla. Um, So I had a book come out this fall, um, in fall 2019, in October, called Mistress. Um, And it is a collection of poetry that grapples with black women's experiences and the representations of black women through the voices of a contemporary speaker who bears my name and Sally Hemings, the enslaved woman that had at least six of Jefferson's children, um, Thomas Jefferson's children, and um, these two are sort of having a back-and-forth conversation about the cross-generational experiences of of black women um, and how the treatment of black women has not changed dramatically in in the 200 years since uh, Sally Hemings passed away. And so Shannon and I started having this conversation about the the project um, as we both realized that we were both fellows and we were both working at the Delaware Art Museum at the time, and um, we're having this conversation that she takes photographs that are in response to literature and how I've always been interested in collaborating with a visual artist in conversation with my work. And we both kind of got stuck on the um, conversation about black sexuality that sort of came up in my collection. Right. And um, Shayla, she was gracious enough to share Mistress with me prior to its release and starting to plan the work, plan this, this show. Um, 
And so I thought I had a grasp on it. Um, but once her book launched and she had her official launch um, in um, Charlottesville, at um, Charlottesville, Virginia, at Monticello, and she did her reading, I connected with the work so much more. Like, I felt it so much more. And I had read 90% of the book at the time. Um, and for me, it it made it even more clear that this really needed to be about an exploration of, because um, as a black woman, hearing her talk and, and I just felt so proud and I just felt heard and it, it just, um, I just really wanted visually that to read. And so it not to be just about Sally Hemings and about Shayla, um, but to be about black women as a whole and, and what that looks like um, with those effects of slavery and until now what that looks like and, and kind of um a reclaiming. Um, there are some ways that I've interpreted some of her work that's different than what she intended, but she's been open to it. She's like, she, you know, she loves the difference in the interpretation and she's okay with that. Um, because for me, this is like, it's an empowering thing um, to hear our story, to for it to be heard. Um, and visually, I would like to that to read, that it's a way for us to take back um, our title um, um, and who we are, um, and our sexuality. So Shayla's work inspired you. So uh, f- from the photography side of things, did you then go out and start shooting uh, photographs that sort of resonated with what you had read in Shayla's work? So no, for me, it's it's a really long process because it has to do with literature. Um, so I have to sit with the work for a while. I have um, Shayla's book. I'm not sure exactly how many poems it has, but I've selected about... It's over 20, but there are about 20 images that will be produced. Um, But I'm looking for similar themes, um, very much about um, props and placement of of props and things like that within Mm -hmm. the space, within the image to tell the story. And so it it took me a while um, to go through each thing, create a scene for each poem, for everything. Um, And it just so happened when I was in um, Virginia for her launch, I stayed in Richmond at a, um, a family member's house. Um, and it was the perfect mix of contemporary and, and antique. Um, mm-hmm. Even from some of the decorations in the room, there was a, a lamp that was clearly modern and then this lamp that looked <laughs> like it was from the 1920s in the same room. Neither mm-hmm. are plugged in. It's just kind of stored there so it, it for me it was like this is where I want to shoot like it, mm-hmm. it it so it was it was that so we're actually haven't I've not I've only shot one image for the show we are going to Richmond this weekend mm-hmm. um to do the majority of the shoot and then I'll do some more on Sunday here in Delaware um but it, it it it's a long process for me because I'm I'm very intentional about telling a specific story um because I'm asking these women to participate and there would be there will be nudity I want to make sure that it's um it's done in a in a way that is respectful of them respectful mm-hmm. of the story that I want to tell respectful of Shayla's story um so it's it, it's not it's not it wasn't it's not just a thing where I could go out and shoot um not for this um okay. usually mm-hmm. I've I've done theme based even when I I've have theme based projects because I also have opening the same day as this show, a show at Rehoboth Beach, Camp Rehoboth um, opening, and it's a theme-based project. So that took an, that's a whole other process that I take um, with that. So, Well, we've got about two minutes left, so let's talk about the exhibition itself, okay. titled 401. Mm-hmm. 
where it's going to be, okay. how people can find out information about it. And I'm curious, why is it titled 401? <laughs> Shayla, well, you 401, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 401 uh, will open. We're, we're going to be part of the Wilmington Art Loop on Friday, February 7th. The uh, sort of, I guess, the gallery will be open from, I believe, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I will give a reading at 6.30 p.m. Um, but we chose 401 because 2019 marked the year that we both received our fellowships, it marked the 400 years um, since the first enslaved Africans were brought to Virginia to be sold into slavery. Um, and Annette Gordon-Reed in The Hemingses of Monticello talks about how the the degradation of black female sexuality is one of white supremacy, one of slavery's chief legacies and one of white supremacy's continuing projects. Um, and in conversation with that, talking about black sexuality, we wanted to be clear, like, yes, 400 years marks a big year, but every single year, um, this legacy affects us. And so 401, it is 2020 now when our exhibition is happening during Black History Month. And we wanted to make it clear, like, this is a legacy that doesn't just revolve around big anniversaries um, and, and years that commemorate the legacy, but it happens for every single year and every single moment in Black women's lives. So that's why we titled it 401. And uh, oh. Go ahead. And um, for me, um, visually, and I like to create an experience, um, so I'm working with a curator in residence at uh, Chris White Gallery to really um, create an experience. There will be music that is um, either by black women or to empower black women. Um, there's um, There will be two floors of uh, visual art, um, and Shady's poetry will um, accompany some of the images so that reader, you know, viewers will be able to really just have an experience. And, um, yeah. Okay. Um, Shayla, I, I neglect, neglected to ask you earlier, uh, this is all based on a work of yours that is published now, correct? Yes, it is. So how can our listeners find out about copies of that to read yes. in advance of the exhibition? Yes. Um, so uh, you can either, the book is available at Barnes Noble and Amazon and your local bookstore, support independent bookstores, um, but you can find out more information at my website, dot. Um, C-H-E-T-L-A-S-E-B-R-E-E dot com. Um, yeah, and so, but the book is called Mistress, and it is uh, available um, most places that you purchase books. And it's an anthology of poems, is that correct? Yes, it's yeah. a collection of poems. Okay. Can I chime in really Absolutely. quickly? We've got plenty I, of time. Okay, yeah. I just want to say something Shayla yeah. has not mentioned. Um, about her book. Do you mind if I say that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Okay, thank you. Um, she um, was nominated this year for the for that collection for an NAACP Image Award, which is, um, for me, I was just like, oh, no, she's not going to want to do this show with me now. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, but no, but she, I mean, it's, I think it's amazing, and I think it's, it's, it's very, very well-deserved. Well, congratulations you. to you, Thank Shayla. Thank you. And, and just once more, before we sign off, uh, when and where is the exhibition going to be, and how can people find out more information about it? Um, the exhibition will be February 7th at Chris White Gallery downtown. Um, I think it's 701 Shipley Street. It'll be a part of the Art Loop. Um, there's um, information, again, on my website, S-A-W-Photog, P-H-O-T-G, P-H-O-T-O-G. Um, dot com. Um, you can also find information at Delaware Scene, um, and it's list. It'll be listed with other Art Loop um, venues as well for February. Well, this uh, it sounds like it's going to be just a wonderful exhibition. And kudos again, Shayla, to you on on the uh, recognition 
Uh, and to, to both of you, your recognition as uh, Delaware Artist Fellows in what is always a highly competitive uh, uh, round of, of applications. Uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with both of you. Uh, best to both of you in this exhibition and in your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so much.